Here's another distinction I'd love to make between paid content and earned content. So the type of work that I do with clients, it's called earned media when you get, you know, to be the expert. You're not paying to go on TV. You're not paying to be on these podcasts. You are the content that people want to share. But think about when you're doing Facebook ads, for example, something that I'm sure your audience is familiar with. When you turn off your ad spend, your content is gone. However, when you participate in earned media, when you're on a podcast, when you're on a TV show, that content lives on. The episode is still going to be there. The interview will still be on the website. So this is content that keeps working for you. You haven't spent money to get this kind of exposure. You're showing up as the expertise subject matter, not the thing that people click away from like ads. And then that's always working in the background that people can find you and then find out how to work with you. Welcome to the Talking Silkworm Podcast, the go-to show for coaches and entrepreneurs seeking to build and grow their audiences by using the power of their voice. We provide valuable insights, advice, and resources to help you create a strong online presence and connect with your ideal audience. Whether you have a podcast, video channel, course, or any other type of content that involves your voice, with new episodes every week, you'll always have access to the latest strategies for taking your voice-based content to the next level. Are you ready to take action and start building your audience? Tune in and let us help you unleash the power of your voice. Every time we think of promoting something, promoting content, promoting a service, promoting anything, I think the first thing that comes to mind is social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, and all the others in between. But is this the only place we can just go to promoting our, our staff and our services? Are there other places or are there other strategies we can use? The answer is, of course, absolutely yes. I think social media is not the best place nowadays to build an audience and promote content and like establish a relationship with your audience because things are changing so fast and you are not in control at all of how your content is delivered and how many people you can reach through that content because it's the social media platform and the algorithm that is always changing that is in control of that. So like you can have 100 followers, 200 followers and post something and reach, I don't know, four or five people. But okay, you already know this better than I do. But then it comes the question, what exactly can I do to promote my brand to establish or to build a relationship with my audience outside of social media? What other strategies and platforms are out there available for me? Well, that's why we have today Lisa Simone Richards. Lisa is a publicist for online coaches who want to get featured in magazines, stages, TV, podcasts, and other types of major media. She helps people with their visibility, and she helps them, of course, to build strategies that help them build businesses by leveraging other platforms and other people's audiences. So with Simone, we are going to talk about why you need to build exposure and visibility beyond social media, okay? The difference between content and visibility. This is very important, and I think we all often confuse this. Sometimes we think content is visibility. It is not. They are two different things. What the different alternatives are for promoting yourself out of social media? 
what strategies you can implement in order to be featured on other platforms and other media. And what is the right mindset you have to have at the moment of building these connections and networking so you can expand your visibility beyond the people who already follow you. So let's listen to the whole interview with Lisa Simone Richards. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today, David. Thanks for inviting me to be on the show. Thanks a lot. So, uh, Lisa, uh, we were looking forward to talking to you because uh, we know you work beyond social media, which is something like, okay, is there a world beyond social media? Uh, I, I know a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs focus on social media, mainly Instagram, LinkedIn, and now TikTok for, their, uh, for, for promoting their businesses, their content, and their services. We know how tricky social media can be, you know, with the algorithms and the changes and the uh, terms of service variations and all these things. So it's, it's pretty crazy. It's super important, I think, to move beyond just working on social media. Uh, but it's hard to find information on where else to be. It's very hard. So should we or like, should we even try being outside social media, Lisa? So there's a distinction to be made between content and visibility. So I'd love to start off by highlighting the difference between the two. So social okay. media is where we get to post our content. This is where we're nurturing the audience that we've already created. They're the followers we already have, the people who are already on our email list. And then the, differ the difference is visibility, which is what gets us in front of new leads. So we all know we have to keep getting new leads to grow our business. We can't make the same offer to 100 people over and over and over again. We need to constantly bring new people into our funnel. So content and social media is primarily what we do with the people who are already in our world. However, if we're not doing the piece of visibility where we're constantly getting in front of new leads, then that content is falling flat because it's not getting amplified and it's only going to like, You know, sometimes it's just like our mom and our good friends who support us who are following us on social media. So yes. the purpose of doing PR and growing beyond social media is so that you can get in front of new people and then bring them into your marketing funnel. And that's when your content now starts to make sense to nurture the people who are constantly coming into your business. So I think that's a distinction that a lot of people may not be making. They just feel like, oh, I need to go on Instagram and do a reel. Oh, I need to be posting on Facebook. But are you driving new people to those platforms constantly? Because then that's when you nurture them and then you can enroll them in ways to work with you deeper. Okay. So I think you just mentioned an alternative to social media, which is PR. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, absolutely. So something that I'm a massive believer in is leveraging somebody else's platform. So I've been a publicist ever since I was 18 years old, and that industry has changed a lot since then. So back when I was getting started doing public relations or publicity, that was, you know, getting on television, being in print magazines, getting in your local newspaper. Those are some of the ways that people really use publicity and leveraging somebody else's platform. If you think about maybe your local morning TV show, there are probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of viewers every single week. What would it be like if you, for your business if you were able to go on that morning show, do a seven-minute segment, provide amazing value, show up as that interview expert, and the people who land with you could then follow you? So that's what traditional PR and publicity looks like, leveraging somebody else's platform and also making sure that this is a platform that has authority. We know that magazines and televisions, they don't just have nobodies on. Like These are experts. So it's also about positioning yourself. 
the way publicity and PR has evolved since back in the day when I got started has shifted. Um, maybe it still does look for some people like being on television, magazines, podcasts, radio, etc. But for others, in terms of other ways we can leverage people's platforms, that could be doing an Instagram live with somebody else. That could be doing a live in somebody else's Facebook group to get in front of their audience. Maybe it looks like being on a podcast like this one where you get exposed to new listeners from the show or it could even look like what if you were doing a guest training in somebody else's mastermind. So publicity has grown and evolved from the traditional, like, I want to be on the evening news because let's be honest, I'm a publicist and I don't even have cable TV anymore. But there are mm -hmm. a lot of different ways, depending on your personal strengths. Are you good at being live on camera? Are you great speaking in front of a crowd? Or does that terrify you? Would you rather be having a conversations with someone on a podcast? Really nailing down into how are you comfortable showing up and how do you position yourself? well, and then also thinking into what are the goals for my business and who am I trying to get in front of? Is it somebody in my local community who has to walk into my brick and mortar business to give me the, to, you know, be able to work with me? Well, then that tells me getting on an online, you know, podcast or website isn't going to be the biggest thing. Maybe get on your local newspaper, even though it's not the sexiest option out there. That's the thing that has the power to bring people into your business. So it really is customized based on the person's strength and their goals. Okay, Lisa, so our audience is mainly composed of health and wellness coaches and entrepreneurs like uh, small businesses or solo or, or one, like single person businesses. These are mainly online businesses. So what platforms do you think will be appropriate for a solopreneur in the health and wellness industry to start promoting their se themselves on outside of social media? Yeah, I think um, I think the natural tendency, especially in health and fitness, where I've spent a lot of time in those worlds, um, people think, okay, well, I'm a health coach, so I should probably be on a show about health coaching. Well, actually, no, let's think about who is your ideal client and what are other areas of their life? Is your ideal client somebody who is a new mom? Is it somebody who is a corporate executive? Um, is it somebody who's into high performance? Like what are the different psychographics of your ideal client avatar? So you can show up on a platform that gets in front of that person. But I also want to make sure that you're not just going to drown in the noise. If you're a health coach on a health coaching podcast, then you're just one of a bunch of health coaches. So let's find where we can create a blue ocean for you and actually make you stand out based on lifestyle circumstances and psychographics so that you're creating your own blue ocean and you can stand out as the health coach who's on a podcast for, let's say, busy entrepreneurs or the health coach who's on a show for 20 somethings or even midlifers who are in like that 50 plus category. So that's how I like to think about finding a way for you to stand out and shine as a health coach, um, especially for people who are in that online digital space. I think podcasts are one of the best ways to get your feet wet with leveraging other people's platforms, um, doing guest trainings and masterminds, doing face Facebook lives and really building deep relationships is super powerful. If I can even share a story really briefly, because I think that's a great way for people to get an understanding of how things can work. Um, I remember when I was just getting started with my business online, this must have been around 2016, 2017, I had the opportunity to go on one individual's podcast. And she and I really worked, well, I actually, let, let me just own this. I worked on building a relationship with that individual because I knew she had access to a ton of people who could be the right client for me. So um, in addition to getting on her show, I also did um, a 
I did a guest blog post for her. I also went live with her twice in her Facebook group. And I found different ways that I could give value to her audience and just keep showing up over and over again and actually start building my own reputation within her audience. So it's great that now I have a friend that I could just shoot a text message and be like, hey, you know what? I had an idea for a podcast episode. Like it's actually gotten casual now. So it's really nice to have a key relationship where I can leverage her platform, but in a way that's really giving value to her audience. Actually, that is how... I got to know you. It was through somebody else's podcast show. And uh, you know what? The, the, I think real, something really important to share from that is visibility breeds more visibility. It's like a snowball. Once you get featured in one place, someone may hear you. You never know who's listening. And that can turn into another opportunity. So because you heard me on that podcast, that introduced you to me. It got you following me on Instagram and you got to know me. And then that made you, you know, feel encouraged to invite me to share with your listeners. You know, another story that I love, love, love telling. So um, I was working with chiropractors back in 2015. Um, I actually went to go see them yesterday about my knee. And um, I remember this is around when front facing cameras were starting to come out on phones. I think it was around this time. And they really wanted to do um, an article or some sort of media piece around the idea of selfie elbow. You know, what is it doing to our elbow and wrist alignment to constantly be holding our phones like that? Um, so we tweaked that story idea a little bit because that was boring. But when we change it to Kim Kardashian took 1500 selfies in a week. That was something the news was interested in. And we were able to talk about selfie elbow from that perspective. So here's where it turned into opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. First, they went on the national news in the morning and they did a TV segment all about selfie elbow and what happens to our wrists and elbows taking all those selfies. A producer from a local morning or a local radio station was watching the news and called their office that day and was like, hey, we saw your segment. We'd love to have you come and talk on the news. And it's one of those stations that loops every hour on the hour. So their mm -hmm. interview went live like five times on the commute home to the people in their city who had the power to go to their office. Um, in addition to the radio interview and the TV interview, um, an editor from a print magazine heard and saw those and was like, hey, we'd love to have you write an article on this. So they wrote an article in a magazine for it. And six years later, they still have a monthly column with them. So how cool is it that one opportunity snowballed into so many different ways that they could get in front of new people and highlight their expertise and bring ideal clients right into their business? So it's like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And you know what? Here's another distinction I would love to make because we're talking about distinctions. We started off with content versus uh, visibility. Here's another distinction I'd love to make between paid content and earned content. So the type of work that I do with clients, um, it's called earned media when you get, you know, to be the expert. You're not paying to go on TV. You're not paying to be on these podcasts. You are the content that people want to share. Um, but think about when you're doing Facebook ads, for example, something that I'm sure your audience is familiar with. When you mm -hmm. turn off your ad spend, your content is gone. However, when you participate in earned media, when you're on a podcast, when you're on a TV show, that content lives on. The episode is still going to be there. The interview will still be on the website. So this is content that keeps working for you. You haven't spent money to get this kind of exposure. You're showing up as the expertise subject matter, not the thing that people click away from like ads. And then that's always working in the background that people can find you and then find out how to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is why I... Something I always insist on in this show, it's uh, focus on the long term on the one side, because like, for example, you when you publish a Facebook ad, some people will expect for 
overnight results. Like, okay, I'm going to publish this today and have like 10 leads or five conversions in the next 12 hours. That's not how it works. Uh, and the other thing is, I think it's even more important than that is build relationships uh, in the long term. I think it's build and nurture relationships because how you get exposed to other people and how you get to know other people and learn from other people's needs and wants so you can like um, improve your services and your offers is by building relationships, constantly communicating and collaborating with other people. Yeah. And it's so powerful to have, you know, when I was thinking about, should I niche down into fitness public relations or should I, you know, go into, I remember at the time I was looking at applying to either LG, the electronics company or to Target. Um, Mm -hmm. But I realized, you know what, when it comes to fitness PR, I just need to know five people in this space and I have access to every TV show, magazine, newspaper that my clients could want. So I'm going to stick to this one because as it stands, I have the producer from one of the biggest shows in Canada in my phone and we go for walks on Thursday and we text all the time. Why wouldn't I just focus on having a really good relationship with her? She's coming to my wedding in September and I can always just be like, hey, had an idea for a show. Does that work? Cool. And then it's nothing for me to pass that along to my client, but that's huge for them. So the more that we can do this, like I know that the listeners of this show aren't trying to become publicists. So really think about who are three people, for example, who have the power to get me in front of the exact person that I want to be in front of and work with and really focus on building a key relationship with them. Give them everything that you can be huge in value. And then that's going to be your ticket to getting access to their audience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds, that sounds great. Relationships, like having human centric I think a human-centric mindset, not so much love of a transaction-centric mindset, which is what we tend to have because we see the results. Like we go on social media or wherever, we see the, the final result of what people have done, but we don't see the process they have gone through. For sure. And something I always encourage my clients to do is like, don't just reach out to somebody when you want something. This is something my mom taught me. Like I'll reach out to my media contacts every now and then, podcast, mastermind guests, whoever it might be, and just say, hey, what are you looking for right now? Where do you need support? Can I be of mm-hmm. value in any way? Because now I'm building up my bank of reciprocity. And when the time yeah. comes that I haven't asked to make, there's a far higher likelihood that they want to support me. Or I don't want to say that they feel like they owe because certainly nobody owes anyone anything, but they want to reciprocate because they know that I show up and I'm showing up in value to them frequently. Yeah, it's a matter of being grateful, I think. Absolutely. Lisa, you have mentioned uh, a list of platforms here. You have mentioned uh, guest trainings, masterminds, podcasts, Facebook lives. If we were to create like a list of like what the most effective platforms could be for uh, online entrepreneurs in the health and wellness industry when they want to get more visibility, which ones could those be? Yeah, you know what? It always depends on what is the intention at the end of the day. I always ask everybody, what is success for you and what is the goal? So Mm -hmm. if the goal is to be booking sales calls, which I know it is for a lot of people, what I'm seeing work for my my podcast for my clients really well is going live on, or not necessarily live, but recording podcast interviews. Um, What's really nice about doing podcasts is you can come up with one key area of topic for you to speak about, and then you can just pitch 20, 50, 100 shows 
shows. One of my clients, uh, her name is Nora. She's a preconception health coach. So she works with women over 30 to get pregnant. She came up with her topic of the four R's um, to get pregnant. It's all around eating. She sent that to like maybe 50 podcast book, at least half of them, I'm sure. And now her, her calendar is booked out because these people have listened to an interview. Maybe they found her on other shows, listened to her multiple times. And that's what's really working for her right now. So sales to get sales calls, I think doing um, podcasts is excellent. However, another intention could be I want to actually stand out. I want to build my expertise as an authority because we know that the online coaching space is totally saturated. So maybe someone is looking to stand out from every other crowd. That's an instance where I would say to somebody, then we need to be collecting really purposeful as seen on logos. So for example, you know, at the beginning of this, I was sharing, I don't have cable subscription anymore. I really don't buy magazines anymore. But if I'm, I'm, I'm an over 30 year old woman, I grew up on TV and magazines, even though that's not what I consume. And if I go on yeah. somebody's website that I'm thinking about hiring, and I see as featured on Forbes or as seen on CNN or whatever, you know, for the health and wellness crowd, you know, is featured on shape, oxygen, self, even though I may not have read your article there, the fact that you've been featured there in an instant tells me this isn't just any other trainer, because like every trainer is peddling their online programs, every online health coach is sharing their programs, but only a select few get invited to be interviewed in prevention or on womenshealth.com. So you have to think about, am I really working on building my authority and credibility? Because I understand that maybe getting featured on this website isn't going to be the thing that builds my email list by hundreds in a day. But when people are trying to decide if they're going to work with me, this could be the make or break factor for them. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. I'm taking a lot of notes here because it's like, there's so much valuable information you're sharing right now. And can I share one more, if, if I may? Yes, yes. Please, <laughs> please, else. please, please. Yeah, another outlet that's working really well for my clients right now is television. Um, again, it depends on your comfort level if you're ready to do that. But um, especially because, because of uh, COVID, they're not shooting segments in studio anymore. So segments mm -hmm. are being done remotely. My clients in Toronto can be on TV shows in Detroit. So we have been going TV crazy doing remote segments all over Canada and the States. And I share with them a certain Instagram story strategy to do. So they'll find themselves growing by a few hundred followers just from doing a three to four minute TV segment. And then they follow that story strategy to actually be able to enroll from there. So that's another one that converts super highly and gets you in front of a ton of leads fast. Yeah. And I think now that you mentioned TV, uh, I think it's a good timing for that because like you don't have to go to the studio. You don't have to get all these makeup and, and, and like expensive equipment. A coach I know she got an interview on TV and she was just using her phone. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do that. If you're going to do an interview on your phone, make sure you stabilize it because I've seen people holding it shaky. I'm like, this is television. Uh, yeah. You can't do that. <laughs> Oh, what was I going to share on TV there? I had, I'm sure as you're talking, something will come up, but being on, oh, right. I know exactly what I want to say. Now is the perfect time to be on TV because I will say it again. I don't have a cable subscription and I'm a publicist, but with everything going on in the world right now in the last 13 yeah. months, people yeah. are watching television more than ever. So yeah. be smart, follow where eyes are going. If people are watching TV, why are you not getting on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never watch TV. Like I have a TV, I never turn it on. But in the last few weeks, I've been like checking the TV now and then to see what's going on, like locally in the, in the country yeah. and like worldwide. Hello there. Sorry for the interruption, but I'm sure you'll appreciate this. We are always creating new tools and resources to help you improve your craft as a podcaster. 
A manual for your podcast guests to sound and look better? We've got it. A content calendar template to organize your show? We've got that too. A guide to buy the best recording equipment without breaking the bank? Yes, we've got that as well. We even have a course on how to record podcasts. Get your hands on these resources today at talkingsilkworm.com resources. We're constantly updating this page with new tools and resources just for you. Remember, talkingsilkworm.com resources. All right, that's it for this special message. Now let's get back to the episode. There are so many options, Lisa. We have uh, Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, podcasts, masterminds, TV, radio shows, etc. Where do we get started? Like, uh, let's get let's get some health coach, and I want to be featured on a I don't know on a radio show or in a magazine. I I don't know anybody in that medium at the moment. Uh, I don't know where to start. What do I do to get started to be featured on those on those platforms? Yeah, I'm happy to share kind of like a top down approach that I tend to take. So the first Mm -hmm. thing I would evaluate is where is the best place for you to get featured? Let's dial in on a specific outlet first. Is it better Mm -hmm. for you to be on a local TV show to bring bricks and mortar people into your business? Are you looking to be on a website or magazine? And the first thing that you want to figure out is number one, that outlet that you want to be on. And then once you have the name of it in mind, we're getting specific here. It's men's health, women's health, prevention, breakfast television, whatever that outlet is. The next thing you need to figure out is who is the gatekeeper? Who is the person who says yes or no to me getting access to this audience? So for television, and I'm giving you guys some good secrets here, um, for television, you're going to go on Google and look up the TV show and that and the word producer. So here in Toronto, I might Google breakfast television producer. It'll probably spit out their name. <laughs> um, if I wanted to be featured on prevention.com or another website, I would need to look up the health editor. Um, because we're talking to health and uh, wellness coaches here. So maybe if you want to be on prevention.com, you need to Google prevention.com health editor, and that will tell you who that person is. If you're looking for a podcast, you simply probably need to know who the host is. So that's the next step. Number one, figure out where you want to be seen. Number two, figure out that gatekeeper, and it can be a lot easier than people think. That's great. Just a second. I'm taking notes here and reading my questions. So that's what you need to start. And I think something very important you may want to emphasize on, Lisa, is the mindset. The mindset. Because uh, sometimes we go there expecting to get leads right away or to get results right away. Or we think about the transaction, but not about building the relationship. So what do you think should be the right mindset when we are looking to or we're, we're aiming to be featured on other platforms. And once we get there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, something I say unapologetically is this is a long-term game. Like if you got mm-hmm. into online business because you saw an ad about six weeks till six figures and you're on a laptop on the beach, like I'm 100% not the person to ever work with. <laughs> like this is not for people who are not in it for a long-term game. Um, if you're the kind of person who's looking to build a sustainable long-term business that's going to keep going 5, 10, 15 years down the line, this is something worth investing in. Um, when I think about even relationships that I've done with clients before, um, 
you know, building that relationship and having access to it for years on end is so huge in terms of being able to get out there. I think about, um, I remember working for a women's only boot camp company here in Canada, and the CEO told me, I want to get featured in the Globe and Mail. It's like our Washington Post, New York Times here in Canada. I'm like, okay, that's not a tall order. So, okay, Lisa knew she wants to be in the Globe and Mail. First thing I did was Google, Google, see where we're going here? I Googled Globe and Mail um, health editor, and I found who that woman was, developed a relationship with her. Um, At the time, it was Twitter was the social platform, so followed her, communicated with her there. You guys can do that now on Instagram with somebody with a public profile, and just started Mm -hmm. building that relationship, invited her to come check out one of our workouts. Long story short, um, we were featured on the Globe and Mail twice that year, thanks to that relationship. But this individual was also a freelance writer with Livestrong.com, with a number of other fitness websites as well. So we were able to get on four other sites that that she wrote for. So one relationship that we took the time to nurture got us two appearances in the biggest newspaper in Canada and four other really big websites targeted to people who are interested in what we offered. So yeah, it, it didn't happen overnight, but if you know, a few months of nurturing that relationship got me those results in a year. And do you want an ad for the Globe Mail cost? Like tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds like that. That was time well spent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to ask a question that uh, I, I don't like to ask myself, but I'm sure those listening might be wondering right now, like if you want to measure time, like how long should you expect to start getting results from this kind of like PR work and like taking in, into account like there are many different kinds of results as well. Yeah, that's that's definitely a tricky question to answer. Um, it's actually funny. One of my accountability partners, she's in PR as well. And when I told her I have a 30-day accelerator program, she was like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, pretty good. I can't guarantee anything in PR, but we've had people get on Forbes in less than 10 days. We've had people get on, t- on NBC for their first time ever in two weeks. Um, but then again, let's be fair. I've been doing this my entire career, so I know how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think typically people can look at, I would say, probably three to six months of consistently putting yourself out there is going to take PR from being a proactive initiative to a reactive initiative. So here's what I mean by that. And I'm not saying this to be cocky. I'm just saying this to be honest. In 2020 and 2021, I don't think I've applied to speak on a single stage. I maybe have pitched five or six podcasts. But at this stage in the game, I have people emailing me and inbound requests coming in. Hey, Lisa, can you speak at this event? Hey, Lisa, we'd love to interview you on this podcast. Lisa, are you available to write an article for this site? I've put in the work for people to know who I am to position myself and put myself out there. So now I'm in a position where I don't really have to work as hard to get out there. I have requests coming into me, which is such a great position to be in. Um, I look at some of the clients that I've worked with. Um, you know, even thinking about the nutritionist, Jesse Lane Lee, who I worked with for a few months with the chiropractors that I mentioned earlier, we probably worked together for around that three to six month mark. And what I love seeing with them is those are my first clients, like back in 2015 and 2016. So Jesse Lane Lee, she's a holistic health coach. I taught her, here's how you find a producer. Here's how you pitch a TV segment. And now when you go look at her media page, she's probably on TV at least once a month getting exposure to new audiences, partnering with brands like Vital Proteins and other brands that are like collagen companies that we might want to partner with. Um, so she put in the work to learn how to do it. And now it's easy for her to just shoot an email to whatever TV show and get on. 
even with the chiropractors I mentioned just now who did the selfie elbow story. Again, we put about three to six months into that investment and they're still writing for a magazine today. So I'd say, yeah, I think it's fair to say put in about three to six months work if you're doing it yourself and learning how to. And then at that point, you're going to set yourself up with an in-house PR agency for the rest of your life. All right. So you guys, three to six months, but you have to be consistent. Definitely. And I think there are a few strategies to make it easy to be consistent. That's something I teach my clients. Like, for example, I wouldn't have my clients work on being on television and podcasts and websites and other things at the same time. We're going to pick the platform that makes sense and develop a system. So with um, one of the clients I mentioned earlier, Nora, the preconception health coach, she has her one podcast idea nailed. Now all she does is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. has a reminder go off saying pitch four podcasts. So she finds four that would be a right fit for the topic and sends those out. She does that every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Now think about it this way. If Nora does this consistently for 50 two weeks a year and she's pitching four shows every week my math isn't the greatest but that's something like i think over 200 shows um mm -hmm. she tends to get a yes to about 25 percent of the shows that she reaches out to so imagine she's on 50 podcasts over the course of the year one every single week and imagine each show brought in let's be super conservative let's say each show only brought in maybe 25 leads That mm -hmm. is still 2,500 free leads that Nora got over the course of the year that she didn't pay for, that trust her because they've heard her talk about her expertise, and they're the ones filling up her sale calendar. So to me, it's certainly worth it to just think, okay, I'm just going to send four podcast pitches this week. That's it. Every week, as long as I do that consistently, I know I'm going to get 2,500 new leads every single year. All right, all right, all right. And again, we were being so really conservative. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see like these numbers are like, they sound juicy. They sound really juicy. And again, that podcast episode lives on forever. So, you know, two years later, someone may listen to it and they can still find Nora. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's going to be evergreen. It's going to be exactly. evergreen. Like people are going to be going back to it and listening to it. Like some people just, uh, they go, oh, what, what's the term? Like they go and listen to like 20 podcast episodes in a row. People do that, like they discover a new show and they listen to old episodes like uh, that Binge. were published months ago, years ago, and they still get value from that. So, so uh, yeah, that's that's a great thing. It keeps on giving. It keeps on giving. Uh, Lisa, I would like to follow up on two on two things you mentioned a little bit ago. One of them is you mentioned you pick a channel. Like you don't spread yourselves thin through a like, okay, I'm going to go on radio and TV and podcasts and this. No, you pick one and you stick to that one then? Yeah, I'm, I think something I'm always conscious of is as a business owner, you're not trying to be a publicist. It is no big deal for me to flip from platform to platform, but I want to make it as easy for my clients as possible and create consistency because I know consistency is what builds confidence. If one week you're doing podcasts, another week you're doing TV, another week you're doing you know websites and none of them net out, you're going to tell me it doesn't work. But if I have you consistently focus on doing the same thing over and over again and you get good at it and it's a muscle that becomes easy to flex, that's going to give you the result. That's going to breed the confidence and that's going to make you want to do it more. So even with Nora and if God help me if she's listening to this podcast. Hi, Nora. Um, so we got Nora's feet wet doing podcasts. She's comfortable. She's been doing them for about three months now. I'm like, okay, it's time to step up for television. She's like... 
oh, I don't know if I'm ready for TV. I'm like, you see the other people in our mastermind, they do a TV segment and get over 100 Instagram followers within five minutes. Like we're on TV next and we're just going to make it really simple and really easy and build a relationship so that you can do three segments with the same show and just keep showing up and get that expert status and build that familiarity that has people come and follow you. So I know when she's hesitant now because she hasn't done it before, but I know when she does her first segment, it'll go smoothly. She'll be hooked. And then we get to keep doing that for her. Yeah. Fear of speaking in public. I know like we've all been there. It's scary. It's but that's scary. again why I think it's so important to understand who am I and what are my personal strengths. If being mm -hmm. on TV freaks somebody out, if speaking in front of a live stage isn't their thing, that's not the thing to do. Maybe it's writing mm -hmm. an article for a website. Maybe it's having a conversation like this on a podcast. It's so important to set yourself up to win, not set, your, set yourself up to like freak out and do something that's totally not in your comfort zone. Like you get to grow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a process. It's a, there is a moment where you will be Perfectly comfortable by do, like doing that, uh, Lisa. The other thing I will I, I would like you to maybe dive a little bit deeper on is this idea of proactive initiative and reactive initiative. Could you please like give us a definition of proactive initiative and reactive initiative? Yeah, absolutely. So proactive is when you're putting in the effort to put yourself out there and get these opportunities. Reactive mm -hmm. is when these opportunities are coming to you. So what I find with my clients and. Let, I'm trying to think of who's a really good story that I can share. So I think about Jennifer. So she's another member of my mastermind who's been doing really great with television. So with Jennifer, we started having her, you know, same path as Nora, pitch podcasts. So she was pitching podcasts. She's done a good job. Some of the shows that she's been on, they've asked her to come back. So in the beginning, she was proactive, reaching out to them, saying, hey, my name is Jennifer. This is what I do. This is how I could support your listeners. She did a great job. And now they're like, Hey, Jennifer, it's podcast host again. We'd love to have you on for another episode. She didn't have to work for that. It came to her. Um, with her on television, the first pitch we did, you know, we reached out to five different local Michigan TV shows. Um, one of the shows on, I believe it was Fox 2 Detroit said yes to her. And now she just has to send an email to her good friend, Alan, the producer and be like, Hey, I had this idea. Or he'll reach out to her and say, Hey, Jennifer, we want to do a fitness segment. Are you available on Tuesday at 7 AM to come talk for seven minutes about XYZ thing? So in the beginning, she had to do the work. She had to put herself out there. But now people are coming to her asking her to be a part of it. And one thing that I actually really loved is one of my clients, another woman named Jennifer, she did her first TV segment ever. It was on um, CNBC. And so that was proactive. She reached out. She offered. And then after that segment aired, in her inbox, there was an email from somebody who was a meeting planner saying, hey, Jennifer, we'd love to have you come speak at our event. Let us know what your rate is. So okay. reactive. Somebody reached out to her and was like, we'd love to have you speak. P.S. How much do you cost? Fantastic. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much for, for diving deep into those. I wanted to, to, to get, uh, get that definition because I'm sure we're going to be using that for the promotional clips for this episode, certainly. Um, I have two final questions, uh, Lisa. One of them is, what are some common mistakes or like, or what, what could be the do's and don'ts when it comes to promoting yourself or getting visibility through PR? Number one mistake. Number one mistake is making it all about you. So um, a pro tip that I give to my clients, you know, when they write the email to send out a pitch asking to be on whatever the platform is, I always tell them now, go back to that pitch you've written before you hit send and go down the left margin. 
how many paragraphs and sentences begin with I, me, or my? Because if it's all about you, the person on the other side literally doesn't care. No one's mm-hmm. trying to give you a free advertisement. No one's trying to just hear about the program that you offer. So let's talk about how we switch that into being of value to people. So a pitch could sound like, hey, David, I'm a publicist. I'd love to come on your show. I have this uh, six-month course, and I'd love to tell people a little bit more about how they can get, you know, how they can join my course and get publicity versus, hey, David, I know your coaches are, your audience are health coaches and they want more people to know about their business. As a publicist, I can share with them the top three places to get exposed and how to find those people. Would that be of value to your listeners? There's a big difference between, hey, let's make it about me and everything I can share about what I do versus, hey, here's how I can help your listeners. Would that be of value? I always ask, would that be of value to your audience? And that shows the other person that you care, that you want to be generous with information. And I think when it comes to publicity, you want to make sure that everybody leaves off better than you came. Anytime I speak on a podcast, anytime I step on a stage, I know that like it's not like 80% of the audience is going to sign up and work with me. A handful of people will, but I want everyone who's leaving that room to be better than they came and have a tip that they can put into practice that's going to help them. And that's going to really help build your reputation. So number one mistake is making it all about you. The best thing that you can do is position everything with value for the audience. That's going to enroll somebody in having you on. Yeah, as I say, you got to get yourself out of the formula. And... uh my final question is, Lisa, going back to our initial question is social media. Like, what balance should we have? Because sometimes social media is overwhelming. There is like so much noise. You have to compete for attention. You are at the mercy of uh, Facebook's or Instagram's or whatever algorithms changes. So what do you think should be a healthy balance? Like, how how much of your effort should you put into creating content for social media and working on your visibility through PR? That's an interesting question. So, I mean, I'm just looking at my own CEO schedule that I keep up on my fridge. And I like to make sure that, you know, at least maybe 25% of my time is going to marketing and 25% of my time is going into sales. So if 25% of my time is focused on marketing, And, I'm, you know, again, I'm also thinking about it. I'm a publicist. It's not everybody's lens. I would say of 100% of your marketing budget, you probably want to spend at least 40% to 50% of that time getting in front of new people. Mm-hmm. Because, again, content in front of the same 100 people over and over again isn't going to create yeah. more clients. Getting, yeah. I, And I think that that's what I'm such a big believer in, like, Let's go back to one of my clients for a second, Jennifer. She's been featured on Pop Sugar, which is a huge site for millennials who love health and fitness. She was interviewed for an article there about some exercise story or another, whichever it was. And that article got over 2,200 shares in less than seven days. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you spend all that effort putting a post on your blog post? Unless someone listening is getting 2,200 shares on their blog post in a week, in case, in which case you are, please send me an email. But chances are you're probably not getting that kind of content on your or that kind of viewership on your own site. So why not be smart and take advantage of a platform that's going to get way more eyeballs on it and then bring people into your world? Okay, okay. So there you go. So you should spend our 50% on your PR work then and your budget as well. Okay, okay. That's very important to know. Okay, Lisa, I think I think that's yeah, it's been a great interview. Lots of very, very, very important information. Uh it's great to hear something that goes beyond social media because everywhere you look at all the ads, all the conversations are around social media. And I think it's important to focus on what it's beyond that. Like 
it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not just social media. There is life beyond social media, as I said earlier. And one thing, okay. if I can just share as well, like keep in mind with social media, like this is one thing I always keep to mind, like Facebook's kind of going the way the dinosaurs now, you know, the kids aren't yeah. on that anymore. So one day Facebook is going to be MySpace. One day Instagram is going to be Vine. One day TikTok is going to be like Twitter or something else that's kind of on its way out. So mm -hmm. to put all your eggs in that basket is pretty yeah. dangerous knowing the platforms continually evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't, you're going to sink with a boat. And especially because they're in control of how many people you see, like don't give someone all your power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. So, Lisa, uh, thank you so much for all this valuable information you've shared with us today. I'm sure people are going to be very interested in learning more about how to get uh, their PR strategy in, in, in place, how to reach out to like different venues, magazines, uh, TV shows or podcasts or blogs. So where can they contact you and where can they get to know more about you? Yes, for anybody who's feeling a little overwhelmed with all the different possibilities that are available to you when it comes to getting on somebody else's platform and getting more visibility, I want to invite you to take that quiz at lisasimonerichards.com slash quiz. This is going to help you figure out which platform makes the most sense for you. And I also send you a training video on how to get started. So I think that's the most valuable thing that I can offer to everybody here. And for those of you who just want to connect with me online and follow along, you know, I'm trying to be a little more present on Instagram. So I'm on there at Lisa Simone Richards. Great. So for those listening, all those links are going to be available on the show notes. So go check them out. Lisa, thank you. Thank you so much for all, uh, all these valuable information and hope to see you next time. Thank you so much, David. This has been such a fun conversation. I think it's my favorite chat of the week. Thanks for tuning in to the Talking Silkworm podcast. We hope today's episode is valuable to your journey towards building your audience by using the power of your voice. Remember to follow us on social media for more insights, updates, and behind-the-scenes content. Find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us at info at talkingsilkworm.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe to our show to get the latest episodes and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you in the next episode.